Good morning. Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley show. Today is Friday the 23rd and Cheryl's finally waking up to that because she thought it was like Wednesday yesterday and it's not. Uh, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. And today I have a special guest, Stacey Klein. She's running for a U.S. Senate candidate uh, against the Tammy Baldwin position. We really want somebody new in there. Welcome, Stacey. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and we'll get started. Yeah, good morning, Cheryl. Good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, again, my name is Stacey Klein. I'm running for U.S. Senate because we need to retire Tammy Baldwin. Uh, some people know me a little bit, but if you haven't heard of me yet, I grew up on a dairy farm in Trumplow County on the west side of the state. I attended college in uh, Kenosha. Uh, so I've always lived in Wisconsin. I came back to the uh, to my home area, Trumplow County, uh, several years ago. I work as a financial advisor. I'm a Christian, a wife, a mother, and I serve on our county board and I've served on a couple of uh, committees for our school district as well. So we've been in the race since mid-September. I've traveled to probably more than 30 counties, uh, especially the county Republican parties. So getting to know a lot of Wisconsinites who are ready for a change in Washington, D.C. Amen to that. We certainly are. And I've met you a couple different times at a couple events that mm -hmm. you were at and spoke at. And I met your family. I met your husband and your daughter. And I can tell that she's like one of your biggest fans, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's yep. how it should be. I'm sure you're going to have um, pictures of doing all kinds of things with her. And she's going to see that years from now, as my son has with me. And it's very exciting. And it's kind of crazy. I looked back at a picture of us doing a parade way back in Ashland, oh, probably 2010. And I see how, you know, young he was. And it's like, holy cow, that poor kid. <laughs> every parade, you know, every, but he loved it. It was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. We spent time yes. together as a family. Yes. Well, and they get such a good civics education because we're severely lacking that in our schools and the kids need to learn about these things. So it's, it's neat to bring them up in that environment. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Well, let's get started here. And let's, um, you know, obviously, you said you've been in there since September. I thought it was earlier than that, Stacey. It goes by so fast, doesn't it? I, I wish I would have started earlier, but hindsight's 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Well, and I know you're moving along. We want. Do you want to say a little bit about how your campaign's doing right now and what you're doing? And uh, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we um, emphasize where to reach you, too. We'll do that at the end, too. But maybe you want to say that, too, because I know you're you're into, you know, the fundraising part of it is very tough, people. So please pay attention because it's really important to make sure that we support the candidates that we need to move forward. Yes, absolutely. Especially grassroots. Um, we came into this race with hardly any name recognition. You know, I was well known in my county, maybe a little bit in our third district. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's been getting my name out there. Um, also, the grassroots aspect of it, if we want to send a person to Washington, D.C., that's a middle class, you know, working class American, we all need to pitch in, you know, whether it's a small amount or bigger amount, bigger amount. But uh, the campaign has been it's been good. It's been a lot of learning. Uh, there's definitely some things I wish I would have uh, started doing back in September. But, you know, we're still early in the race. So right now we're in the process of uh, bringing on a general consulting firm. Uh, I know I took some time to really find the right fit for that. Uh, so we wanted to make sure they were in line with our campaign uh, before going ahead with that. Uh, so we're excited to see what they're going to do. Um, I'm not going to go into details as of yet until we bring them on, but they've worked on some, you know, some campaigns where they've been major underdogs and came out winners. Uh, but yeah, the traveling through the state, we're meeting so many great people, um, just a variety of Wisconsinites. It's 
it's really neat to see just how many people are supportive of a grassroots campaign. And again, if we can just send that message, hey, any little bit of money would help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're doing what we can. We're bringing in, uh, we brought in a fundraising firm to add some extra money to the mix. Um, and then awesome. this, so, yeah, this general consulting firm should really launch us in the right direction. Um, but we don't, I mean, we want to raise the money. We need to do that. That's just, uh, we can't avoid that. But we also want to make this campaign not just about the money. Uh, my fear for, uh, you know, whoever wins this primary going up against Tammy Baldwin, if it is all about the money, uh, you know, that Democratic machine, they're going to raise millions and millions from all over the country. Um, you know, and they have different ways of doing that, um, you know, whatever you say. But uh, I think if we make it all about the money, that's all it's going to be. And we're end up we're going to end up losing that way. So we really need to run a good ground campaign. Um, I know Sheriff David Clark had mentioned that in an article that Wisconsinites want someone that's going to run, uh, you know, a heavily focused ground game. And I think ultimately that person's going to win. Yeah, I agree. I think you're I think you're off to the uh, races, you know, and it is tough. The fundraising part of it, I think, is a very tough issue and you're doing it the right way. And the grassroots, honestly, grassroots can do a lot. I I remember um, back I know we're talking like back, but 2010, that whole Tea Party incident, the Tea Party Patriots did a lot in this state. And that's really what turned the wave here. So we are a purple state. We know that. We do yeah. know that um, Tammy Baldwin checks all their boxes, and we do know that she is going to bring millions of dollars in because it's just the way that it's done. But that does not mean that somebody cannot beat her. I mean, we've seen it happen many times before. So let's get started and talk a little bit about the election process and how people don't really understand the process and delegates and district caucuses. I think a lot of people are new to being involved, which is a good thing. I mean, we have a lot of new voices and a lot of people that have joined the party, which is wonderful. They don't understand what the process is and they don't understand how it really works. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because then that kind of also leads to how you get endorsements, you know, how a person gets endorsed by their parties, the counties, the the districts. And, and that's one of the things I think that a lot of people don't understand is that you have your county party and then outside of that, you have a district that you belong to. And then outside of that, you have the state, RPW, so the Republican Party of Wisconsin. And right now people are so confused because there's a state convention. And then, of course, this year we're lucky enough to host the national convention, which is awesome. Yes, absolutely. So uh, looking at, uh, and a lot of this I wasn't aware of until I got involved officially with the party. I think that was back in the summer of 2021. Um, so I've voted Republican for a long time. I actually grew up as a Democrat. And then in uh, around the Obama uh, era, I took a look at, they you know, just really compared the two parties and realized that I'm much more in line with the Republican Party. The chair of our county party got a hold of me and uh, was growing membership, knew my values. So each county throughout the state has their county Republican Party, and they'll have their executive committee. So I'm the secretary for Trumple County. Uh, you and I had discussed a little bit about the caucuses. So once a year, the counties will have their caucus where they gather. It's basically a business meeting. And then they select delegates, delegates that will go to their congressional district uh, Republican Party. So I'm in the third district. And then they also select delegates that will go to the state 
convention, which this year it's in Appleton and that's in May. And then uh, there's a totally different process for the national, for the RNC, for that convention in Milwaukee later this summer. Uh, that was completely new to me. I've been to the third district a couple of times now handling the different business aspect. Uh, but then you also mentioned the endorsement process. When it comes to a statewide candidate, th- that candidate, those candidates, one of them can be endorsed by the state party at the state convention in May. They have to get a vote of 60% or higher of the delegates that are there. There are many counties in the states that do not like the endorsement process. We saw that a couple of years ago, uh, especially in our governor race. Mm-hmm. I think I would feel differently about the endorsement process if we had an earlier primary. But since our primary is not to August, say if we endorse a candidate, then that means the county parties, the state can really get behind that candidate. Uh, otherwise, up until the primary, they have to stay neutral or they mm-hmm. should neutral. I think from what I've been told, each individual county could hold some kind of poll. And if they wanted to in- support a candidate, really, they stay neutral. They want the people to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a difficult type of a process. And honestly, having our primaries in August, I don't think it's a, a benefit to us because it's really hard when you have like the governor race. You know, you've got three or four people running, splits us three or four ways, and you have people that truly believe in that. And then all of a sudden, their candidate doesn't win. And it's awful hard for people to get off of the saddle and come back and say, okay, I'm going to support that person. Obviously, we didn't get that done. I, honestly, it would be great if we could move our primaries up. Primaries were in um, the spring. That would be great yes. with our spring elections. And I hope legislation will look at that because honestly, that would be better for everyone because then you get on board even before the state convention, many times before the district caucus. You know, the district caucus this year, I mean, it's amazing. They're, they're holding two of them, I know for sure, on the same date. They're April 13th. I think and, there's actually maybe three or four that day. Wow. Well, it's a good idea. I mean, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's really a good idea. The business is done then and it moves forward to the state. They're getting a little more organized which I think is a very good thing. That's part of it, too, is the organization. And I give uh, the Republican Party of Wisconsin, Brian Sheming, the chairman, I give them credit on doing that. Leslie Hubert, she's somebody who I'm going to mention because she's worked really hard. Yes. I've witnessed some of the work she's done, and she's very good at what she's doing. Yes, I've seen her multiple times just in the last week or so. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's very she's very good, and uh, she knows what she's doing, and I really appreciate her work because it's not easy doing what she does. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear, too. Like I said, I'm still relatively new to being officially in the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've only been to one state convention so far. That was last summer. Uh, the summer before I had a conflict, wasn't able to go. It was convenient. Last summer I was in La Crosse, so uh, I could just drive down from my house. It's nice to see when we're progressing in the right direction. And um, that's one thing we've seen too, as we go around to the county parties. I mean, you can tell the ones that are really, they're pay, they're placing a big emphasis on growing, you know, attracting in the, you know, the variety of ages and backgrounds. It's just so neat to see the people that are ready to stand up and fight for our state and for our nation and they see what's going on and they want to preserve America as it Mm -hmm. is. I'm excited this year for the state convention because that's how I usually can guess the temperature of what's going on. Last year, you know, it was an off season. I mean, it was not an election year and there were a lot of people there, which was a surprise. You know, you just don't know. And sometimes on an off year, you don't get as many people there. I've been going probably since 2006. And I think actually that one was one that was in um, La Crosse. I've gone to many Many of them since then. I've probably maybe missed four. I enjoy it very much. I enjoy being a delegate. I enjoy being there. I like that you're around people that are like-minded and that understand uh, really the importance of what it's all about. And it's interesting because when I was talking about the Iowa caucus, let's say, let's bring that up because... Mm -hmm. 
this is what people don't understand a primary compared to a caucus. Yeah. So in Iowa, when you think about it, and I, I, I was discussing this with neighbors and they were blown away and they're very good conservatives, but they're not part of the party here or the uh, Republican Party here in my county. And here I tried to explain to them, well, if you're not, then you wouldn't be able to vote in that unless you become a member of the party. <laughs> and they're like, well, mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Why can't I go vote? Well, this isn't about going to a polling place and voting. You're going to the place that you go to meet and your caucus is being held and then you vote during that. And it was really hard for them to understand that. And then because they were like, well, I didn't understand caucus and primary. And yes. now, you know, and, and that's part of it is if you don't educate people, they don't know. Yes. So they're yes. the ones making the decision. And then when you saw that it was only like 100,000 people that came out and voted in the Iowa caucus, which usually they have about 180,000, uh, but that weather was terrible. Traveling. We were in West Bend last weekend and they actually have winter there, snow and cold, and I was ready to come back. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up about the caucus, because that's something, too, that I think unless you're involved, you don't really know how that works. And then I'm also glad that you mentioned weather, uh, because mm -hmm. I know the RPW, they have a major push called Bank Your Book. Bank your vote mm -hmm. um, to get people to vote early. Um, you know, most of us are, they, we like to walk in and vote on election day and get our sticker then. We have that opportunity to do that through early voting or, you know, if you need to, the absentee, absentee voting. We set ourselves up for such a hard fight when we walk in and, the you know, the Democrats already have how many votes already right, through those right. methods. So that's been a constant message. You know, Leslie Hubert, like I said, when I saw her multiple times just the last week or so, she's really pushing that message. And I think it's getting through to a lot of people throughout the state. I hope so, because Bank Your Vote, I think is one of the most important um, options that we have now. Mm -hmm. They do it. They're very good at doing it. Uh, they are much better at organizing that than what we are. And you're right. We always like to like line up. I learned probably at least five or six years ago, I will vote. I will get my vote in as early as I can. The first day that you can vote, Cheryl goes and lines up and votes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and most of the time there's no one there. So it's easy. I get my ballot. I fill it out right in front, you know, right there. And I put it in my envelope and it's done. And I always check online to make sure that my vote was counted. It's very simple. And I think people just, you know, oh, I don't trust that. I don't trust the mail. Well, then deliver it. If you get an absentee ballot in the mail, then hand deliver it. And there's so many candidates. And, and I will let you in on this, Stacey. You can take around absentee ballot applications to so people can fill it out and get mm -hmm. their absentee ballot. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not ballot harvesting. You're not doing anything illegal. Giving them the form to say, please fill this out and get your absentee ballot early and get your vote in. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes more sense. And that's what they've been doing for a long time. Yes. We're behind the curve on that. And a lot of us are kind of set in our ways, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I have people that I know that they get a kick out of. I was I was number 591 in line, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, I want to be number one getting my vote in. <laughs> it's, I want to make sure it gets counted in case in case anything, the weather changes mm -hmm. or some power outage. I mean, you just don't know what could ha possibly happen. And we had a situation in a local town here where I think the candidate, uh, one of the, the city offices had had been around and knew who was going to be voting in their direction. And then uh, several the guys got called out their volunteer firefighters. They had to take care of that well by the time they got back to town the polls had closed oh yeah and that swung the race the other direction sure and it can it can it'll be as simple as one vote i'm trying to think where that was there was one person won by one vote every vote does count and you do need to go to the polls and you need to vote 
And if you're not registered, get hold of RPW. You can go online anywhere pretty much now and learn how to register to vote. Uh, your municipal clerk can give you the information. You can go into them. And if you can't, if you're confined or something, get hold of someone that can help. Because truthfully, this is the way that we win and we have to get the votes in. And we got to get out the vote. And the bank your vote is one of the best ways to do it. I agree mm -hmm. with that. Let's move on to some of the stuff that's going on in, in the U.S. Senate world. <laughs> uh -huh. There's a lot, that's for sure. Let's go anywhere from whatever you'd like to start with. Um, we can go to the border. We can go to uh, Israel. We can go to Ukraine. I mean, there's so much going on. The whole Putin thing. We've got, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with uh, former President Trump. You know, they're just going after him to ruin him is what they're doing, which is mm -hmm. totally tragic and sad. And the way that the climate is. And then also another thing, too, I wanted to talk about was the mapping here in the state. And I know that that yeah. wouldn't affect you as a U.S. Senate. It does affect our state. And that affects what's going on with all of us. And that, that whole thing, the mapping, uh, this is how I feel about it. I feel like they can't win one way. So let's cheat and win another way. <laughs> that frustrates the living stuffing out of me because yes. we've always been a party of rules. We follow the rules. Yeah, They are not. They are a party of chaos and just, you know, let's cheat and get it. Uh, you know, this whole thing of, um, I know I'm, I'm bouncing all over, but it's because there's things coming in my head. The one thing that set me off recently was President Biden now going to give money away again to kids that should pay their loans back. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> it's like, so what are you going to give people that did? What's the incentive here? Uh, yes. Yes. So, okay. You can start wherever you want, girlfriend. <laughs> All right. Yeah. With the maps, that's very interesting. Um, just how that's transpired, taking that, and it's supposed to be the legislature that takes care of this. Of course, you know, us losing that Supreme Court race last year has had such implications, negative implications uh, for us. Uh, you know, we've been discussing this since we started. Uh, we run into a lot of assembly reps and state senators. I find it very fascinating just how many areas will, you have a lot of voters in Wisconsin who don't necessarily identify as a Republican or a de Democrat they look at the individual candidate. And so you have so many areas where maybe they voted blue on most uh, candidates, but then maybe they really like their assembly rep and they happen to be Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think going forward, you know, just what we're hearing, how this whole process has gone down, so many people feel disenfranchised because they voted someone in. And now we have all these uh, matchups between, you know, good solid Republicans. Um, and I, I think people also need to keep in mind, because we were just at uh, the Wisconsin Counties Association had their legislative conference earlier this month. And, you know, so we get to hear directly from the, the majority minority leaders. And it's to me, it's always interesting how much of our legislation is bipartisan. So if you look at our state, 80, 90 percent of that is bipartisan. They find ways to, or they find a lot of things that they agree on, or they find ways to compromise. And then, of course, we have our media, social media, all of that just heavily focused on that 10% that's super content. Mm -hmm. We create that major divide, that us versus them, in uh, just such a major way that's unnecessary. Uh, so I think the maps has not helped that. Um, also, looking at just the makeup of Wisconsin, how much of our state is rural mm -hmm. and conservative. And yes, population wise, we might be more 50-50, but then that just, that gets to be a very, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to making maps, you know, it's, do we go more by the geographical area? Do we try to really split it up that 50-50? It's really oh. hard. It is very hard. And yeah. and it's always been where the person, the, the majority that's in the legislation is the one who sets the maps. That's what it's always been yeah. until this time. And so, yes. like I said, you know, they can't win. So then what do they do? They they move a map 30 feet across where somebody has to run against somebody in the same district. You know, in that district, it's two Republicans running against each other, you mm -hmm. know, because they want to down that majority. And here's the here's the real issue. Part of it is the fact I don't really mind having divided government. I don't think that's a bad thing. 
I really don't. I think sometimes it, it keeps us all honest. It keeps all of them honest. And you're right. They have to work together then. I've seen a lot of legislation go through, a lot of bills being signed that have been bipartisan, which I think is a good thing. You know, we've got to get past all this stuff and we have to learn to work together again. About 70% of things we can all pretty much somewhat agree on. You know, I might not get my way every time, but I also understand the compromise that they have to give when it comes to some of the other stuff that just gets shoved down your throat, part of it. And that's when we need our legislators to fight. We need them to fight for us. Then when it goes to the governor, even if he agrees on it, he still vetoes it sometimes. And that's the part that's very frustrating. That's the the partisan issue that comes into it because then his side starts beating him up really bad in the media. And then he all of a sudden goes, well, you know, I'm going to have to veto this. Everyone goes, wait a minute. You're the one who said, just like the maps, (laughs) you're the one who wanted it. But then he really wanted it to go up to Supreme Court because he knew they'd make the maps even worse. And there's a lot of stink there. It's so weird because now I think Supreme Court should have to run in November because they're not they're not neutral anymore. They are partisan people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's become that. And I don't know what can fix that. They yeah, should we, be constitutional scholars is what they should be. They right should, now we yes. have some hacks and I don't know how we fix that except for elections. And when you don't have enough people come out in the spring to vote, that's why it needs to be changed to the fall. That's yeah. my take. Yes. And that that just that goes back to not enough people paying attention, not enough people being involved. And again, I think I really believe if we had better civics education, I mean, and not to go on another tangent here, but really quick at the WCA, the Wisconsin Counties Association, the um, annual conference back in September, um, they have a group that's called Forward Analytics. I I believe it was them that was talking about this, but they took a look at spending per student. So STEM, the, the science, technology, engineering, math, that's really important. Wisconsin spends $50 per student per year. Do you have any idea how much they spend on civics? Oh, probably it, nothing. It's less than a, it's less than 10 cents per student per year. Holy buckets. It's an area where, you know, maybe that's part of the larger agenda from those who are more insidious and attacking our country, wanting to have a dumbed down population uh, that they can easily control. The When it comes to the maps, we're clearly seeing, uh, you know, we should have this system of checks and balances, you know, the different branches. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing that. How can we have these majorities in our legislature and still feel like we're constantly losing because we have one governor and just a few Supreme Court justices that want things a certain way, but we as the people obviously don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's disheartening and we need we need to stand up against that. Uh, but again, getting more people involved, uh, making sure that our friends and family, our coworkers, they're all aware of what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, that they know that their vote really does count. And our state is purple. We're a purple state. Yes. We have to accept that and we have to wor- learn to work together. Thinking about um, President Biden, what I just hit on that, the mm-hmm. loan thing, and now he's going to send out a letter to each one of these 150,000 students or whatever that are going to get loan forgiveness for going to college and they're probably the elitist instead of helping people that really need it. Doing it right now because it's an election year, his polls are terrible, things are not going good. And so what can he do? Oh, well, let's just give him some free money. On the back backs of us regular people who work hard, my son paid his school loans uh, in a couple of years. Just amazing to me. And it that's the stuff that frustrates the regular people and just normal people, Joes and Janes out there that are working hard to get their kids through just public school and to get them moved on to college and hoping and praying that they can save up a little bit. I think that's what people struggle with too. And those are things that need to stop. And I mean, even though the Supreme Court said you can't do it, he just does it. And it amazes me. It's There's no rules. There's no law following. There's none of that. And so what is causing that? 
And I'm not sure what is causing it. And I'm not sure how to fix it. Yeah, we've given far, far too much power to one person, one administration. And that's another thing, too, with the civics education, where I don't think people realize the power we have at the municipal level, the county level. Uh, There's so much more that we could do with, you know, getting people involved, um, you know, just touching back on elections quick, because as we're traveling, we tend to get those questions. What do you think about the voting machines or, you know, going back to 2020? uh, And I focus in on getting them to the root of it. Okay, if we really believe the other side is um, cheating, it's not going to matter if they have machines or we do paper ballots because most counties, uh, from what I understand, if it's like our county, you get to the end of the night, say if you did paper ballots, you know, count by hand. um, If you have a group of people there that really want elections to go other way, the other way, they don't have the integrity to tell the truth. They can call that into the county. The ballots get sealed in a bag and nobody looks at them again unless there's a recount. A recount can be pricey as well. So it's not some machines, it's the people Mm -hmm. that are there. So we need the poll workers, we need the poll watchers, uh, people to run for municipal clerks, county clerks. If you're that concerned, you need to get involved. Going back, like what you're talking about with Biden. uh, So I read about the student loans um, because I know I I came out of college with over 40 grand in student Mm -hmm. loans. And my husband and I kind of joke about it because he went to uh, a UW school for one semester, decided that wasn't for him. He went to a tech college, paid that off very quickly, and then has been in the trades, you know, has done really well. We send our kids in the wrong directions. Going back to that route, you know, why have colleges become so expensive? And then say if someone has to file bankruptcy, that's the only debt that you can't get rid of. And then the what Biden put forth is where people have been paying for a number of years and they have, I think, $12,000 or less. Uh, but if they've been paying more than that 10-year time period, they, they get another $1,000 for each year. I don't know if that's really even targeting the people that they would need to get on their side, because you see how many kids, and I call them kids, <laughs> you know, the college <laughs> that come out of college. It, I mean, now it's getting to be common for them to have six figures in debt. I know. Yeah, it is. It's very sad. I mean, people can't even, they, th- these young people can't even buy houses and all because they owe a hundred grand or 200 grand or whatever, depending on what they're going for. It's, um, it's a scary time. And all, there's a lot of people out there that are very fearful about what's happening with our government. Federally, I get very frustrated. I do listen to a lot of it. Um, I try not to. I, I focus more on state just because I think I can get more accomplished locally and statewide. But I also understand the, uh, the whole implication of having people in the right spots for our state. And that does help. And Ron Johnson is, you know, Senator Johnson is one who speaks out pretty loudly. Mm -hmm. And he won his third term. And a lot of times you don't win three terms in Senate. So in a purple state. And, you know, there was millions of dollars poured in here against him. You know, everyone has a chance. And one of the things that I want to say to you is that I admire the fact that you stood up. And um, even though I think you're a little crazy, (laughs) (laughs) but I like you a lot. (laughs) You know, really, it's very difficult. And that's one of the things I want you to hit on a little bit too, is what this does to you, to your family, how much time you spend away, weekends and evenings, and you're at events, you're all over the place. You said 30 counties. Well, you only have what, 42 more to go? (laughs) So you're like halfway done and you got halfway to go. It's like, it is really difficult. Some of the counties maybe aren't as active as others. It it helps, but sometimes to get to where where you live to another place is maybe a three, three and a half hour drive one way. Mm -hmm. It takes a toll on your vehicle, takes a toll on your finances. I mean, on everything. Speak a little bit about what being a candidate has really been like for you. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And actually, last night we were three and a half hours away, but that was a really great meeting. I think the biggest thing that keeps me going is meeting people, Um, just looking, having those one-on-one conversations. 
And, you know, I'm definitely one of those candidates. I'm not going to come up and give you a fake handshake and smile. I tend to actually spend probably almost a little too much time talking to individuals and I don't make my way all the way through the room. Uh, But I'd much rather have that and get to know what's going on in people's lives so that I have a really good understanding as to what I can do to help. Because that's something with uh, legislators in Washington, D.C. So many of them are so far removed. They're, you know, they live completely different financial lives. They don't know what it's like to go to the grocery store and make those tough decisions. You know, maybe I can buy this this week, but I'll have to wait till next week to get this. Being a, you know, a middle class American or maybe lower class American and what it's like to struggle through that. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I mean, we've been we've been putting in a ton of time. Uh, we try to schedule as many events as possible. Um, and then also balancing out like tonight, my family and I were going to the movies. We're going to see uh, a few episodes of The Chosen and spend some time together. You know, we're working on doing that. But then tomorrow we're actually going to um, multiple events. One is in uh, Chippewa Falls, where several counties were invited for a meet and greet. Uh, so they'll get to know me and have some time. And then we're going to two different Lincoln Day dinners. But my husband and my daughter will be along. We turn it into a family event when we can. They've both been extremely supportive. Uh, my husband does most of the driving possible, which is nice. He doesn't mind driving and I can get a lot done in the car. You know, now we're really getting into where I have to spend a lot of my time making phone calls and fundraising. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, that's just part of it. But I try to take it as an opportunity to, especially if they're Wisconsin residents, um, you know, because of course, anybody in this race is going to be searching for money all over the country. That's just, that's the fact of the matter. And until we get that changed, you know, as a law, that's what's going to be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I really try to take time to get to know people when I'm on the phone too and have a conversation. And that's, I know that's naturally my personality, but I just look at some of the other things that I've gone through in my life. And, you know, you know, when you're going through a tough stretch or like you're really laid out or something, you just, you know, you're asking God, what are you preparing me for? Mm -hmm. And I look at these, you know, even some of these random experiences I've had, like I, I bartended for a little while um, at the bar that's right down the road from where I grew up. So it's all locals, people I know and personality that I was able to develop from that is really, really low of using that like being that's myself you Mm -hmm. know using that as we go throughout the state and it's you know people respond to that i'm genuine there are some times that are very chaotic um because i still work as a financial advisor right now i'm just maintaining clients but then it's always interesting when you say okay i'm gonna kind of step back from my business a little bit then i have people calling in with referrals and I always want to help. So I keep mm-hmm. going. <laughs> right before this, I was actually revi- re- reviewing a client solution because we're meeting with her later today. But um, there's some flexibility in that. So we're able to, you know, keep that going and keep Good. that. In- yeah. I mean, I, overall, it's been, it's an amazing experience to be able to meet so many people. And now we go to different Republican Party events and we see these people and they're turning into almost like old friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That does happen. It, it becomes yeah. we're, we're a big family. We see you and then we get excited. Oh, I haven't seen you for a while. How you been? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. That's really good. I know you stand the same that I do on the border. I know. And I know you probably I pretty much know how you feel about everything else going on in D- D.C. Mm-hmm. That's why you're trying to make a change. And, you know, if, if there's anything else, I mean, I, honestly, the whole war issue thing, I, I think Israel has kind of I think some of the things that have happened to Israel and to people in our country has been shocking to many of us, too. And that has even caused a little rift in the Democrat Party because they used to always stand with Israel as well. And now all of a sudden that's changing somewhat for some of the radicals. And that's opening our eyes to the fact that um, many people are coming in here that maybe aren't, they don't have the same values that we've had. And that's kind of frightening for us local people and for us state people. And some of the stuff that bothers me is bringing refugees in or bringing people in that maybe 
will never assimilate. They will never become what we are and they don't want to be. And so this is causing issues in our school colleges. We've seen it. They protest. Uh, I'm not against Palestine at all. I, you know, it's like, what is going on with our kids in schools? It's crazy. We do need people with a voice that can speak out. I have written to uh, Senator Baldwin and treated her very respectfully because that's one of the things that I do agree with. We should always treat treat them respectfully. They are elected officials. I don't agree with her on most of what she does. And it's very frustrating. So we need to get somebody else in there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and Manny, you touch on a couple of things there. One thing I want to mention, and we, you know, we talk about this everywhere we go. Uh, we're asking for people to help us tell or tell the tale of two Tammies. You've got campaign Tammy, election Tammy. She's the one we're seeing now. She seems to be a bit more, I don't want to say really like softening her stances, but she definitely operates much differently than the actual politician or DC Tammy. A uh, couple examples there. Um, you know, we talked about the border. Uh, so I see on X, well, she'll, she'll put a post about how, you know, devastating it is, you know, that we have all this fentanyl and the number of young people dying. And she goes to county sheriffs and they're talking about how they can tackle this issue. Yet she's lockstep almost 100% of the time with the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. We know that's the administration that is facilitating the infiltration of our country through the open borders, which is also allowing the fentanyl to pour in. So it's 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 like they, you know, that's that, that old adage where, okay, you create the problem and then develop the solution. And then, okay, now you look like the hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had someone mention, you know, saying some not so nice things on my Facebook page regarding, they must have, I don't know, accidentally gotten onto a, a conservative email list. But anyway, uh, I don't think they have- There are any- no accidents on that, Stacey. Just don't be naive. There are no accidents. You don't <laughs> Uh, They must have no idea what executive orders President Biden signed as soon as he got into office, which essentially opened up the border and caused Mm -hmm. this massive problem. Come here for free and get a free room and get get a visa card for a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred a month. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, they were just they're looking in the past. They used to think, oh, they're just looking for voters. But now I think it's far, far more devious plan than that. Um, and I mean, we were meeting with some business leaders in Shawano County on Monday, and it was brought up that, uh, and I don't have the exact date in front of me, but it was in the early 1900s where they shut down Ellis Island for some time because it had been such a large influx and they wanted to make sure that the people coming into this country wanted to be here for America and they were assimilating mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. this country. Like you talked about refugees, whatever else, we're seeing that throughout the country where they're not coming here for America. They're coming here for a variety of other reasons. Um, some of those you really question, you know, maybe it is just uh, the free money and to vote for Biden. I fear that we are going to have some major incidents coming up in the future because you see the indications that there are people coming here uh, to take us down. Well, the whole uh, thing about all these, uh, all of a sudden, these Chinese young men at ages yeah. of strength, ages of, you, you know, youth could serve in military, anything, and they're coming here. Why are they crossing a border? And it's men. It's not women and children. So there's a lot of things going on. I just saw a mayor in California, Southern California, talk about that. 1,500 people, and they were men, Chinese men of young age. That's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Why are they sending them over here to go? And and we don't know. Uh, There could be nothing nefarious. I I mean, what I've learned about many of the Chinese that live in our country, they're very hardworking people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's like Hmong. They're very hardworking people. They work very hard and they have assimilated into our country. I just don't understand what, why people are closing their eyes to it. And, you know, we feel bad. And a lot of it is under the umbrella of Christian organizations, to be honest with you. Yes. That's another aspect 
aspect. Yeah, the NGOs and non-governmental organizations, mm-hmm. there needs to be, and I don't think any of us are opposed to immigration. You know, of course, that's how our country was built, but we need controlled immigration. Mm-hmm. We need to know who these people are. We had heard from an ex uh, or, or someone who was retired from the CIA. Um, he spoke at the end of the WCA conference I mentioned earlier this month. And it, he had some, I mean, you could tell he had some great fears over our national security um, and how we're allowing just anyone to come in. And, you know, how many have been caught as part of the the, the terrorist list mm-hmm. and, and how many have gotten away. Uh, and uh, one thing I wanted to mention too, while we're talking about the border, um, I don't know if you saw that uh, Congressman Tom Tiffany had gone down. And um, I wonder how many people realize the national parks or the public spaces like that that are being just trashed mm-hmm. uh, by the number of, of illegals. Um, and then you wonder where the, you know, the climate activists are for those type of things, but it's not being flashed in their in front of their faces. So they're not going to ch- chase over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of information I'm sure that's being suppressed that we're not aware of. And we really need to be focused on that. Yeah. Uh, well, why we're it, on that, or yeah. why we're on that just real quick something that i read yesterday was the ai information from google Mm, did you see that person and and it was it's definitely racist against white people i mean it's crazy it's like racism is racism it doesn't matter who it's against it's racism and i mean i know hardcore i know softcore i know you know not you know maybe not so involved and some that are so involved i've never honestly i have never run across anybody that's affiliated with me that's racist mm-hmm. I, I just haven't maybe my eyes are a little bit fogged over that i don't know when you start showing george washington with blackface there's something wrong i guess they pulled it down google pulled it down i did read that mm-hmm. but um i was amazed that this AI stuff, uh, diversity, equity, inclusive stuff on that too. So it's going to be really scary time for people. And especially as you get older, honestly, the technology is far above you. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't even understand. So if you hear somebody, Mm -hmm. you don't even know that that's what it is. I mean, they could take your or my voice off of here and they can say stuff and you and I didn't say it. (laughs) It's like, what? And that's the scariest part of all of this. And I don't know, I'm not much for more regulation. But somebody's got to be on these big tech. You're seeing what Mark Zuckerberg had to testify to recently. And and the senators, they tore him a new, you know what? He Mm -hmm. looks like a robot, if you ask me. I'm sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but you do. (laughs) You might be a multi-billionaire, but you look like a robot. Very interesting. But something has to be done there, too. And I mean, there's so much to think about in what you're trying to fight for and what you're trying to win. And if you win it, there's going to be so many more things that are thrown at you, sister. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I'll go on social media and especially just checking out, you know, current senators, congressmen. And I mean, the I remember years ago hearing that saying that the internet is like the bathroom wall of, you know, our current country. <laughs> and it is so much garbage. Um, X, uh, I don't want to say it cracks me up, but I, you know, just, it, there must be a, just a small percentage of people that live on these social media sites. You know, you wonder what their lives are like, because you look at it as Christians. Uh, we were just talking about this. I was in Eau Claire County. Um, the Republican women had a social event on Tuesday night, and we were just talking about how much peace and stability we find in going back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure not everybody listening to this, you know, has, you know, is Christian or religious. My life has been a million times better since 
I've, you know, accepted mm-hmm. Christ and gone that direction. Um, and I know anytime that something is bugging me or feels heavy or whatever, I can go back to the Bible and have that stability. And I just feel really bad for those people that don't have that. And they display that constantly on social media or, you know, yeah. in different ways that they need attention. And again, not to really go off on a, t- a tangent, but with the AI, you know, that's something I've been considering too, you know, as we go through this race. And, you know, right now we're really flying under the radar. You know, we had, mm-hmm. you know, wealthy mega millionaire uh, get into the race. So he's going to be taking all the heat from the Democrats in the meantime. Um, but at what point will AI fill or play a role? Because I think we've all seen those pictures of, you know, Biden and Trump where they look like they're yes. having <laughs> holiday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with the voice, uh, you just look at, I mean, they can alter old videos. They can alter. I know. It's kind of scary. It really is scary to a point because some people, this is the problem with with these, you know, phones attached to everyone and things like that. Some people will go down the rabbit hole. They believe everything. And I've witnessed that many times in lots of situations and within our own party. And we both know that there are people that can believe things that we just look at them and go, what? What are you talking about? That's not possible. You know, please learn right. You know, ask people. But yeah, it's very frustrating to me. And I do. I am a little bit fearful of that. I mean, I think AI can be something that could be an advantage in a lot of ways. And we do need to know about it and we need to be ahead of other countries. But I do think that it's also you can go down really dark holes with it. And it's very scary to me. I hope you'll keep that in mind, too. With that, I know you're like super, super busy. And I know we bounced all over the place today. I want you to make sure that you say where people can get hold of you, learn more about you, where they can donate. So uh, contact. So people can go to StacyForWisconsin.com and that's S-T-A-C-E-Y. F-O-R and then spell it Wisconsin.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Stacy for Wisconsin. Uh, we're also on Instagram X. Uh, you know, if you search Stacy for Wisconsin, you should be able to find stuff coming up. I've had some people telling me that I'm popping up in Google, Google pretty well. On the website, there's a donate link. Uh, so you can either donate online or you can uh, send a check. And I have the information there. So that's uh, to hear our PO box here in Tremplo. Uh, the biggest way I think people can help right now, you know, would be the, the donations uh, so that we can really, um, you know, get the name out there, get the message out there. Because uh, as we've gone around the state, I think we are, we're definitely a player. We just have to get over that, that hump of, you know, having enough people know us and then, or, you know, know my campaign and then having that extra money. But again, if people can go online and look at Tammy Baldwin's record, uh, mm-hmm. because what they, and I almost fell for this too. I remember, I think it was last summer before I decided on this race where her uh, field rep came in and was talking about this bipartisan. And uh, legislation that was she was part of, and bringing this money back to the state mm-hmm. and whatnot, and it it can be very deceptive, you know, until you go on there and see what she's actually putting her name to. Is considered to be one of the most far left in our nation, um, our nation's capital. Uh, as you've said time and time again, we're a purple state. To have representation that's more accurate and better, um, and I really believe that I would be able to serve. Wisconsin in a better capacity. Uh, so any help people, you know, volunteer, we're adding onto that list. And like I said, I'm really excited for the next steps we're taking in the campaign. I think that's going to launch us to a whole good, new level. Good. Yeah. And I really appreciate the time to talk with you because um, I, I'm i always intrigued by the number of people that say, hey, I heard your podcast here or your video here. And it really does make a big difference. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes I look at the people don't realize the analyticals are much more than just on my um, website. I mean, I have, you know, because I have YouTube. I also have, it goes out on my LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. It goes in many places when you see that. And we actually have it on Facebook too. It's on the Cheryl and Shirley show. So people can go to any of those places and they can see. It's amazing to me. I get, I've had over, it's like 3000 downloads now so far, which is pretty darn good because when I listen to a podcast, I don't even download most of them. I just listen. People don't know how many times it's listened to. You do a podcast? Yes. And you know, I started doing this because someone mentioned to me, because I was griping about no media and how they just tear up conservatives and they don't really help them. And they said, well, then become the media. And I was like, huh, how do I do that? You know, I'd listened to podcasts for probably three or four years before that. And I started this, honest to goodness, two years ago, probably this week. So two years wow. ago, I started and I enjoy it. It's kind of fun. But I also like, I really enjoy helping good conservative candidates get their name out because it is very helpful. We have to do that. We have to work together because we are a purple state. And I don't, I don't think we talk totally partisan stuff here. We talk everything. I think it's all good. And I think that um, people need to have places to go where they can actually listen to someone longer than three minutes, you know, because when you're doing an interview, it's fast. You're on a radio, it's fast, you know, might be maybe 10 minutes, but you don't get the time you get when you're on a podcast. And I think that's really important. I've even heard Joe Rogan say that before. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much, Stacy, for joining us today. And so listen, people, Stacy for Wisconsin. Is it dot com, Stacy? Yes. Okay. Stacy for Wisconsin dot com. Go to her website, donate, help her out. And do you have a, sh there's a spot there, I take it, that you can get volunteers signed up? Yes. They can, okay. well, they, they can contact us. They can sign up for the newsletter. And uh, yeah. And then we're compiling our list that way. Um, okay. I'll go on and sign up for the newsletter because I didn't know you had a newsletter. So oh, sure. You got to get that out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And it's amazing, too. You know, I've posted on social media, uh, but, you know, depending on algorithms and who sees it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I just it, we need to get that comp compounding effect. OK, well, I thank you very much for joining us today, uh, folks. Stacey Klein running for U.S. Senate in the state of Wisconsin and her candidate she would be against or the person she would be against the incumbent would be Tammy Baldwin. And we really do need to move Tammy Baldwin away. Let's uh, focus on getting out voting bank your vote, do it however you need to do it. Just try to get involved and make sure that you go to stacy4wisconsin.com. Encourage Stacy to continue doing what she's doing. And we appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you at the third district and the state. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Thank you so much for joining the Sherlyn Shirley show. If there's anything else you want to say, Stacy, please be my guest. Uh, right now, I just want to say thank you. I look forward to doing this again. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a good day. Mm -hmm.